sing as one for this country we're walking on we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand welcome to another episode of the environmental as anything podcast next I've got an interview with Kate Fairman, New South Wales MLC and Chair of the New South Wales Parliamentary Inquiry into Koala Populations. They have just recently uh, issued their final report, which uh, she has described as groundbreaking and a game changer. And I think you'll agree uh, that uh, it is worth uh, paying some attention to this uh, authoritative and useful document. Kate Fairman, thanks very much for joining Environmental as Anything today. Pleasure, Sean. Great to be here. Yes. Well, look, you've been uh, kicking goals uh, for the environment, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, all around the place, but uh, the Koala report from the inquiry that you've been uh, chairing for the last year has just been released this week. Yeah, look, finally it was released. Of course, when we started it uh, a year ago, as you say, um, we didn't have any idea of what was to come. Uh, so in some ways I was uh, would have been also fantastic to try and get it out a couple of months earlier. But I tell you what, we, we had this reporting date. We had so much evidence. And, um, you know, I think it's, um, yeah, finally come out and got some well-deserved attention. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly weighty report. I mean, I haven't looked at the whole thing, but the summary I've seen of the 16 findings and the 42 recommendations, they're, they're quite substantial. Yes, uh, it was a bit of a feat, actually. Um, there are, of course, members of pretty much all parties uh, on there, bar the shooters and fish, fishers in one nation, which is a very good thing. <laughs> but uh, we had to get uh, support for most of the findings and recommendations. Uh, we got support from all members, which includes uh, Liberal and National Party members and, of course, Labor and Animal Justice. Um, we had, uh, yes, yeah, some... There were some findings that uh, the government couldn't come at, mainly around the criticisms around how bad their New South Wales koala strategy is. Yeah. Um, but you know, to get to get consensus on what really was the headline finding, um, and that is that without urgent government intervention, the koala will become extinct in New South Wales before 2050 was, uh, I think, incredibly powerful, um, but also obviously quite depressing for, for that to be the, the main finding of the, of the, of the committee. Well, it, you know, we must face the facts, mustn't we? And, and having the, the, all of those that cross-party, uh, bipartisan uh, or tripartisan agreement on the facts uh, is a good stepping stone towards uh, actually addressing them, I hope. Yeah, well, to be honest, we just received such overwhelming evidence, many um, from uh, experts, obviously, right across New South Wales, experts on the North Coast, Mid-North Coast, people who have been, uh, you know, investigating forest breaches and uh, logging breaches, I should say, for a very long time, people who have been wildlife carers, uh, koala experts, landholders, forest activists, environmental NGOs, you know, council uh, councillors, um, uh, council staff. Hmm. Um, we heard from you know the, the whole range and scientists, and um, it was just heartbreaking, really, because even yeah. before the bushfires, 
we heard that koalas were in real trouble. Wildlife carers were getting koalas brought to them, malnourished, dehydrated from the drought, um, from lack of water as a result. And, of course, this was um, hello climate change and yeah. climate crisis. And then the bushfires came. Right, so, that's right. And we, we, we were, before the bushfires were even happened, with the estimates <laughs> of the, the koala population were around... 36,000, but your, your inquiry found that it, it's actually likely to be substantially less than that, even before the fires, wasn't it? That's right. Well, to be honest, it was kind of frustrating to hear from government uh, representatives of the, the public service to to be quoting this figure consistently, um, including the Environment Minister, Matt Keane, of 36,000. Hmm. This is a figure contained in its New South Wales koala strategy, which was taken from a 2016 report by the chief scientist, which was taken... That was taken from a 2012 finding into koala numbers, which was a uh, ambitious estimate at best and had already signalled um, quite a decline in koala numbers over generations, right? So to be quoting that, which is essentially eight years old, and if you factor in even that, which was ambitious, we would have, they shouldn't have been talking 36,000 in 2020 no. or 2019. But then we have uh, reports by environmental NGOs, NCC, WWF and others that found that, in fact, we were looking before the bushfires of 15 to 20,000 across New South Wales. Goodness me. Yeah. So that's yeah, less than half, uh, you know, the, than the, the original estimate that the New South that's Wales right. government's been basing all of its planning decisions on. Well, then I heard, we heard evidence, very distressing evidence uh, after the bushfires um, on the north coast and northwest of New South Wales, um, all of that, you know, around Armadale and everywhere and uh, some of the state forests up uh, north as well. We had uh, evidence from the likes of Dial and Pew from North East um, Forest Alliance and others. Mm. Uh, um, that David Milliard, a local ecologist, uh, about the impact of those fires. And since then, we've had numbers of up to 80% of um, koalas having perished in particular state forests that were called koala hubs. Yep. We heard this right across New South Wales. So, you know, to be honest, that was I was very determined to get a, uh, a figure, if you like, or a... Or a um, a finding that wasn't just oh they're in real trouble and we've got to do more mm. but it, it you know we have to pull no punches here here we have to tell the truth because for too long we've had koala strategies and announcements and everything else uh, basically saying we're going to set a goal to stabilize and increase numbers and this is what we'll do and they just are just pulling the wool over people's eyes and it's about time we had the truth. The truth is that government policies are sending koalas to extinction and uh, unless they stop their current approach, they have to admit that that's what they're overseeing. Yes, it does seem that uh, John Barillaro has, uh, you know, uh, determined to exterminate the last of our koalas. Uh, I was in the uh, Myrtle State Forest yesterday uh, with a group of locals who were out there deeply concerned about the, the state of the Banyaba Koala Corridor. Yes. And, and as you say, 80 to 90% of those koalas that were there are simply not there. And I can tell you from being out there looking for them that they're, they're very, very hard to find uh, any sign of them left in areas where they're Previously, were you know quite significant populations. Were you walking? Were you walking around burnt areas or? Re, um 
what type of what was the state of the forest? All the areas that we were in uh, in around Myrtle State Forest has been burnt fairly comprehensively, some more intensively than others. But it has yeah. it's it's all beginning to to sort of green up and spring back, in, you know, in the undergrowth. But uh, yeah, seriously affected by fires. Very close to Rapville, which was hit by the fires, you know, severely yeah. uh, like a couple of times, mm-hmm. and you know, very adjacent to Braemar and Double Duke and uh, and Bungawalbin, all of which were affected by the fires, and all of which are significant uh, koala population areas. All of them outside the Great Koala National Park. So we sort of still need a solution for the Banyaba Corridor, but that's another story. This is, you know, a celebration, I guess, of the facts that we we, we are now now have the, on the table with the Berejiklian government. That's it's now put on the table that these these are the facts and the, and the bipartisan agreement on such. Uh, what what chance is there that we're going to be able to actually bring the Berejiklian government to to heal to do the right thing? Yeah, well, I think I think the one of the other things with this report, in terms of the the positives out of it, you know, we've kind of talked about the uh, very sombering findings, but the positives is that this is a roadmap now for the government to, uh, you know, ideally adopt some of the some of the recommendations. So, as the chair, I get to kind of draft the report, if you like, and. Obviously, some of the recommendations that a Greens chair would have liked didn't get in, mm. um, you know, including, uh, say, for example, on um, phasing out um, native forest logging or at the very least putting a moratorium on it until, you know, full surveys done and what have you. Mm. But um, uh, so that's, that's important. So we don't have, you know, this isn't a Greens written report that no. is completely unacceptable to the government. Um, there's recommendations in here around... Um, what, what was so significant was that, that um, a number of these recommendations that I thought would be potentially controversial um, uh, weren't, and there's a lot of them that are, you know, they're, they're, they're not small. I think combined they will make a difference. So there's everything from um, funding uh, more cultural burning practices, um, working more collaboratively with Indigenous fire practitioners, ensuring that cultural burning takes place across much more of New South Wales, to ensuring that the New South Wales government look at um, uh, making sure that there's a combination of underpasses, overpasses and exclusion fencing along roads, you know, incorporated into development. I think that's quite significant. Um, there's things like that the New South Wales government factor in climate change is a key consideration in the drafting of all relevant legislation and planning strategies. That seems like a very strong recommendation to me. That yeah, seems like a really powerful one to get through. Through and ensure climate change mitigation is a core component of all strategies to save the koala in New South Wales. I mean, that's not the situation at the moment. No. Yeah. um, So there are there are uh, some significant uh, things. I've already spoken to the Environment Minister Matt Keane about this um, on the phone. I'm seeking a briefing and seeking a briefing with him in person to sit down Mm -hmm. with it. But I tell you what, you know, Gladys Berejiklian, the New South Wales Premier, of course, has come out. Um, just in recent days, she was asked on Sky, I only heard about it, I don't generally watch it, mm. but <laughs> um, about the report and she said she wants to be the Premier to save the koala. You know, she right. she gets it, she understands it, she's, she wants to be the Premier. So, you know, my message to her has been, well, if that's the case, then she has to get the National Party, John Barillaro, get them, sit them down around a table and say, we want to do this. Mm. Like... Yeah. 
what do you want? Like, we have to, this is this is my priority as Premier. Yeah. So, because it's not going to happen, as you know, because they have logging, they have land clearing, like in terms of all the, the things that are um, really wrecking habitat, hmm. it's got the National Party's paws all over it, except Planning Minister Rob Stokes. Right. Uh, he could also make a big difference here. Right. Well, as, as you say, Matt Keane and, and, and Gladys Berejiklian must be must be having you know having bleeding from the ears with a headache that John Barillaro and the Nationals are creating for them because I think so. as, as I say, there's 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 you know every week now we've had actions up here on the on the the uh, Myrtle State Forest. I know that Nambucca State Forest has had a blockade which has been very effective. I know that the Wild Cattle Creek uh, Forest has, uh, area has flared up again after what thirty years mm. um, of peace. 20 at yeah. least years of peace in Wild Cattle Creek and it's going off across the country. It can't be, uh, it, must, it must be, you know, banging heads together with the, within the, uh, the, the, the party just, room um, must yeah. be the priority for them. This is, um, I'll, I'll just for the sake of your listeners, because I think you've um, seen all the recs and everything, recommendations, but mm. the one and, uh, that's most relevant in terms of forestry, again, I've tried to move one around a moratorium and all public native forest logging and assessment, you know, all of that, but... Um, uh, in the end, we got agreement on this one, which is um, that the New South Wales government considered the impacts of logging in all public native non-plantation forests mm. in the context of enabling koala habitat to be identified and protected by a combination of transferring land to national parks or inclusion in forest management zone two where appropriate. Now, that little where appropriate was added by the Labor member, by the way, which I was uh, not happy with. No. But um, that's, that's kind of where we got to with that, which is still where things are at. Yep. You know, is, uh, is a lot better. And otherwise, I was going to have to do a um, dissenting report as chair on logging, which was going to not be fantastic. Well, so it's, it, it's good that you got that in, and it's. I mean, it's, so. the other one that I'd read from is that, that logging in public native forests in New South Wales has had a cumulative impact on koalas over many years because it's reduced the maturity, size, and availability of preferred feed and roost trees. So that's yes. in the findings, finding number three. Yes. Uh, you know, a very powerful statement of uh, the facts of what we know to be happening in the forest. I tell you what, that was uh, so important to get in there because mm. having forestry court uh, witnesses time and time again um, refuting that and saying that logging doesn't harm koala and ministers, for goodness sake, mm. uh, saying that uh, koala... In fact, logging helps koalas. Oh, yeah, they love it. A couple of times. <laughs> Uh, honestly, so yeah, that that finding was particularly important, and this is the type of thing that people can refer to, you know, as evidence, and uh, you know, can come and hammer the government with as they need, of course, as mm, well. Mm, mm. Well, I mean, on that, what what to be done next? Uh, you know, the, the, we're, we've got to get them to... Uh, oh, there was actually a question before we go to that. I was going to say yeah. that some of the things that near the end of the, the uh, recommendations, uh, the government work with willing landholders to identify koala habitat that's uh, outstanding biodiversity. And before that, the New South Wales government increase incentives available to private landholders on the Conservation Partners Program. Obviously, here in a rural area where a lot of farmers want to do the right thing by uh, the koalas, you know, critically important that they get active support to do so, isn't it? Yeah, so we heard a lot from landholders and also, uh, you know, environmental officers uh, who are working on the koala plant of management within councils about particularly things like private native forestry, which is a huge issue up uh, in your part of the world. Yep. Um, and it obviously impacts koalas and koala habitat a great deal. So we were trying to think of 
But it's interesting sitting there trying to think of uh, ways in which we could potentially get outcomes in this term of Parliament with this government. So we had some some recommendations that the government didn't support, Labor uh, and I did, around um, native vegetation laws, you know, reforming the biodiversity concept. Well, the biodiversity offset scheme, which is just terrible. Um, there was a recommendation in here about reforming that as well as looking at bringing back into the Native Vegetation Act um, the principle around um, uh, not uh, making sure that um, high, veg- high conservation value land is protected, mm. which is which is what was in the um, previous uh, legislation, but recognising that the government's not going to come at that, mm. but actually if we are to ensure that koalas don't become extinct we have to change the way in which we're looking at um uh land high conservation value land or just koala habitat on land and how do we incentivize farmers to protect that not clear it um so yes there's a recommendation in in that in fact that's been a tiny little um bit controversial with some people saying suggesting that I, um, how could I put something in there about incentivising landholders? Really? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we've, of course, that's happened for a long time under various conservation programs and wildlife, you know, land for wildlife and what have you, but it just hasn't been enough. And what we have is uh, out of altruism and the goodness of people's hearts, they, um, and, and people who have often struggling financially actually but want to do the right thing and that's not as we know a lot of the time it's often it's like with you know recycling or taking keep cups it's like taking keep cups to the cafe Mm. like certain people will take keep cups but there's a whole lot of other people that won't Mm. um and we have to make it you know we have to incentivize people to do it or we have to um, bring in a big stick absolutely we incentivize them to grow beef and soybeans and everything else that they're growing out there on the farmlands why wouldn't we be incentivizing them to to keep koalas as part of it if if we don't how can they it just seems like a perfectly self-evident to me yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) well done <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I um, yeah, I think that one's a, uh, incredibly important. And honestly, we got witnesses pretty much saying, "I get paid more to clear land, or you know, someone next door or whatever. I'm I'm trying to protect my land. So and so next door, I know, is getting X numbers of thousands of dollars to um, bring in the the um, loggers to send it to the timber mill. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, of course, that people are also buying up land. They're buying up land to clear it." Um, they're buying up land for private native forestry, which is just heartbreaking. We should be giving more money, which is also in here, more resources to the Biodiversity Conservation Trust yep. to be able to, as you said, work with willing landholders to identify koala habitat of, um, and uh, make sure that that's protected. And importantly, that all of this stuff is protected in perpetuity. Yep. These are the types of things that Matt Keane can come at, yep. as well as Environment Minister. There's a stack of things in here that he can look at and start um, uh, acting upon. The good thing with this report is the government has to respond to it. They have to respond to it in Parliament. And we get to debate that too. And if they don't um, uh, respond, they're, um, yeah, they have to respond. So... This is, um, yeah, this will keep going. And this is a powerful, powerful, powerful document. To it. That's right. The one, other, the one other thing I wanted to point to in it that, uh, that, that struck me as being particularly uh, apposite for our region was that the New South Wales government established new plantations on already cleared land, low biodiversity importance, reduce further reliance on native forest logging. Now, that's a critical part of the campaign that, uh, that we've been running for, for, you know, for decades now. And yeah. it's fantastic to see it in print in this uh, kind of authoritative document. 
Yes, thank you, Sean. That was, uh, again, that's the kind of thing that, uh, you know, you kind of come, we kind of come at this phase out, public land and forest logging, stop it, you know, of course, and it's those environmental campaigns that we've been running for 20, 30 years. Yeah. But actually, um, when you're trying to get support and you're looking, okay, you, it's almost that problem-solving negotiation, um, trying to, to get to something that is still going to be powerful and actually... In the end, you look at the outcome, and in the end, I had that outcome as your goal. Okay, how do we get there? As in, what do we want to achieve? That's the most important thing. Where if this can be, if this can actually make a difference hmm. in terms of the survival of koalas in New South Wales, then you know, let's um, let's compromise on a few things and reach, you know, get some good strong, uh, good strong recommendations. Yep. I agree oh. that one would be fantastic. Oh, I don't see any compromise in, in, a, in a sustainably managed pr- yeah. uh, plantation timber yeah. industry. Uh, if, you know, if, if, plant, if plantation timbers are managed properly, then they can be, uh, you know, per- perpetually uh, providing a resource of great value to us and sequestering carbon at the same time. So, uh, then, then, of course, it would actually be a natural, you would hope, kind of starting to see a transition anyway, mm. um, you know, uh, ideally, yeah. Absolutely. Well, well done. Look, I, we should wrap up, uh, but before we do, or as we do, I'd like to get you to give us the the call to action. What are we What are we going to be doing now to get yeah. this from just being a, a terrific document into being uh, the, the roadmap? Um, you know that you talk for the the game changer that that uh, that we hope it will be. Yes, yeah, so we have pulled together a website. I'm glad you asked because I almost forgot to plug it. So savealkoalas.org, O-R-G. Yep. And basically uh, we have, we have uh, summarised, if you like, into key areas the report itself. So this is something my uh, fantastic team did over the weekend uh, into a WordPress site, which is... Um, uh, the, has links to the full report, has links to the findings and recommendations, but importantly, there's a take action there as well. And mm. so that action around implementing the key recommendations and everything goes to uh, Stokes and it goes to, uh, sorry, Rob Stokes, Planning Minister, and Matt Keane and the Premier around these recommendations. That's the first step. And if you, um, once you've signed that petition, I'll also be able to have people's detail to continue to email them a bit about next steps in this campaign. People are um, incredibly, you know, uh, this, our finding got international attention around the koala this week and has mm. been um, covered extensively. Um, that's exciting. It yeah. shows how much people are, you know, just so interested in this. Oh, people are impassioned. People are appalled when they hear that our koalas are still under threat from, oh. from logging. They thought that we'd resolved this 20 years ago and, yep. and you know, to, to find now that we're in this situation yet again. Yep. Or still, you know, like it is, isn't, isn't causing a lot of controversy in what I'm seeing. A lot of people are just simply outraged, you know, without, without you know, from the get-go, yep. uh, which is it's just good to see. Yeah. Well, Kate, look, thank you so much for that great work and thanks for, you know, taking the time to to share it with us. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks for having me on. No, any time, please. Money. 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 Money.
looking for the courage to face the hard facts about our environmental crises? Do you want honest reporting on the global solutions that are at our fingertips? Would you like to know what simple, effective local actions you can take to make a positive difference to the state of the world today? Tune in to Environmental as Anything on 92.9 River FM every Saturday from 2 to 5 for all the news, interviews and analysis you need to make the future you want. For the future we're hand in hand 